Priscilla McKinney, host of Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. Adam Jolly joined EMI Research in 2007, and now as the president, he focuses on just making clients' lives easier. So you may know him from the EMI Research podcast and telecast. If not, check it out. You'll quickly get he's a big sports fan, but also if you're looking to stay up to date on MR industry news, he's your man. So enjoy this episode with my friend and colleague, Adam Jolly. Adam, welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Thanks for being on. So excited to be on. This is great. Well, um, you and I like to talk a lot at conferences. (laughs) Yeah, we do. (laughs) Yes. I think this is something that we have in common. We're both connectors. It really is. And that's what um, I just, I, I love, I know we've talked about it in the past, but when you go to a conference, like it's always has been like all about sales, 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 but I think you can get so much more out of them. Um, and trying to connect with people and maybe pick up some little nugget along the way. Like that's always been huge. And I know you try to do the same thing. So try to connect other people. And I mean, to me, that's the point of going to these conferences, not just like, am I going to get a bid or something out of it? Right. Well, I think you and I are um, similar again, and in other ways that we're both selling presidents. And so we are out there selling in that sense. But I think there's another layer to it where you and I are both there with employees, people we're grooming. And more than anything, I think think we're out there showing them a different way and we're not we're showing them hey no it's not going for the kill and you know don't pounce on people <laughs> oh it's you true know, yeah. it, like we're teaching people by you know by the way that we interact and by the way that we build relationships with others and by the way that we actually listen and take some space to say hey Adam what are you here for what would you like you know right I think that you and I have that in common that we're not there just after our own interests we're we're there also you know, teaching our employees, hey, you know, here's the next step. This is this is what you could do. Uh, it's it's my greatest joy. I mean, outside of like the family stuff, the stuff you're supposed to say. Um, <laughs> okay. my, I, I love like teaching my employees and um, developing people. Um, so much of what we do um, when we hire on here is, is we don't go out and we don't hire the sales rep that, you know, has been at, in market research for 10 or 15 years. And, and we don't bring on that baggage. I want to bring in somebody that's young and hungry and just full of that passion, purpose and urgency um, and that we can teach and mold and they can teach me about things also. Um, and that really, then you, you really have like an investment with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing that I've, I've learned really, really quickly about the small business and being in the president is that, um, you get what you put in and that includes into the people and like how much of an asset the people are. And so that, that's my, my number one reason when I'm, when I'm traveling with somebody and I always tell them like, Hey, I'm not here to make sure that, you know, you got the pitch exactly right. And I'm not going to, you know, that also I'm not going to handle you with mittens along the whole way, but like, <laughs> I want to see you develop. I want to make you successful because, um, it really is a rising tide raises all boats. Well, and you said something really interesting to me, and I don't think that you might even remember this, but I remember months and months ago, you and I were having a pretty deep conversation about social selling and about, you know, tools, uh, you know, that people could use online and how to develop relationship, how to be a real human online. And you were talking about your sales team, which you have a pretty large sales team. And you just off the cuff said something about, well, I have um, this many hunters and I have this many gatherers. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. <laughs> and <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> well, it's um it's true cuz I think like when everyone thinks about sales, they they think like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross mm-hmm. or something, right? And it's it's always be closing always and be it's closing, very yep. 
very like almost linear thinking. You do this to do this to get this. Um, and sure, we have some of those. We have the people that are when I call the hunters, those are the people that have never been in an awkward conversation. They are they will pick up the phone. They will connect with any LinkedIn person. They will go up to anyone in every conference. And they're always looking and trying to find the next business opportunity. Um, and they fail a lot. But then when they do find something, it's great. And then there's the gathers. And those are those are my listeners. Those are the people that are that are trying to find like they gather in a bunch of and it's just a little bit of a slower build, but they're also like are my most consistent at the same time. And so it's a little bit different than like the hunter gatherer where like somebody that's just doing bids all day or something. But um, my gatherers like those are that's my nest egg mm. for sales. Right. And it's, it's consistency, but they're also driven and they still are growing. Um, it's just not um, they just might not be as exciting at uh, cocktail parties. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. We got that covered. We're good. That's right. Yeah, that's me. That's what I am. <laughs> I want to go to all the cocktail parties. That's right. <laughs> so for you, you know, without going into, you know, all kinds of journey, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bore you. I want to use your time really well. But, you know, why research? Like what, what led you to, to research? Because you've, you've been at EMI for a very long time. Yeah, it was um, just a job. To be honest, I uh, I was graduating college. I uh, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time in college just finding out who I was. Um, it took me seven years to get my undergrad, and that's like no breaks. That I was just like hanging out. Um, <laughs> trying, I have and, an uncle who says that you're cramming four years into eight. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it really is. I got no doctorate out of that. Uh, but it finally got to the point where uh, kind of a come to Jesus moment and, and started thinking like, well, what am I closest to graduating to? And it was marketing. And I made a connection with a professor who um, really took me under his wing and was a mentor to me. And um, I legitimately always think of this, me being outside his office and him telling me to get my shit together. And <laughs> I was like 24 and he was like, you're the oldest kid here right now. And I was like, all right. Um, and so research was it. He got me this job because he was like, you can sell and you know just enough about math and research. Um, and I, so I met EMI at a speed dating network. I got 10 minutes with uh, the founder and another salesperson who was my age had been there. And I remember he drove a sob and I was like, this guy, <laughs> he has got it together. Oh, my gosh. OK, that is going down as the pulled quote in this. <laughs> that guy right. has a sob. He has got it <laughs> pulled together. Right. And so I got into research. And to be honest, so like as far as like what kept me in research um, was my curiousness. Like I was always like super curious growing up. Um, I would always travel. uh, My dad was always on the road and I would I would ride with him. Um, My dad was a horse trainer. And so I was always in like a horse trailer. Um, And so I would always read the back of baseball cards and try to make up new stats Mm-hmm. So I would try to think like, okay, so if this guy hit this amount of this home run, well, he's the most valuable player because it made up this number. And so I was always curious in like how numbers come up to any type of significance. And when I started at EMI, I first started out doing like consumer packaged goods. And I was like, this is boring. I do not care about t-shirts. I do not care about all these like stupid products out there, like an ad testing. Uh, but political polling got me into it. Like political polling where I could see um, the passion behind things. It was so quick speed as far as doing ad testing. And I thought like, okay, well, I can see a result of what I'm doing. And that, you know, even though I'm not like a carpenter or something, I don't make it with my hands. I can see something with that. Um, and that's what got me into researching and really kept me here. Well, so you have done all kinds 
kinds of different jobs at EMI over time. And so give us some advice, uh, you know, the, the audience that I have, you know, some are in market research, some are in marketing, um, and some of them, you know, start at a company, maybe they feel like they're like outgrowing the company um, or like, you know, the age old, I think uh. we're just growing apart. So uh, what, what advice would you give to people about how you made it the long haul moving from just starting in the company and now being president? Um, to me, it was always, and I, I preach this now that I'm up is we pour a lot into employee engagement. Um, to me, that was a big number. And I know that there were times when I was younger where I wasn't always engaged and I had to find something to keep me engaged. Um, so I went through when I was a salesperson, I would, I would dump my entire book of business every single year which was so stupid. Um, I don't know. Now that I look back, I'm like, how much money did I throw away? But it was like, like that challenge to go out and get new always mm-hmm. got to me a little bit um, and, and always kept me pushing to do something more. And so I would I would go into one year, I was doing all polling work. And then I was like, uh, I want to do consumer electronics. Uh, then I went all into advertising research. Then I got really interested in uh, management consulting companies because I just loved the idea of the money and, and, and VC that was built into it. And so to me, it was always, um, and I'm always, I'm also a person, it's crazy now, but I went from being the worst student in the world to being the best student. <laughs> and I just always tell people now that like, I'm more invested now in being a good student because of my success. Um, but I always tell people, like, find something that you want to learn about. Yeah. Um, and that has always just kept me going. And and that's what we have. Our engagement team here, our, our, our managers here on a manager level are always asking their employees, like, what's it look like? Like, it, what does the next three years look like? Um, and then what's it going to take to get there? That also gets you a buy-in, too, because I don't think a lot of – People, when they go and work at a small company or when you're young and you first go into it, mm-hmm. um, profitability might not mean the world to you. You know, that's your job. And, yeah. and you don't care what the profitability or the net income of a, of a job is. Um, but if you can tie it into where, like, look, um, if your career path, you want to be a VP in five years, um, to get that, we have to make this amount of money. We have to be this amount of profitable. This has to be, a, I mean, you don't have to talk about like Avatar or anything like that. Right. But, like, <laughs> but we have to get to this scale yeah. because if we don't grow to that, then you can never be that. So let's think about what you can do to get to us that scale. And, and then it's a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. The company is growing. They have a passionate employee that sees a carrot that isn't just money motivated, but also a title. Um, and it kind of raises the glass ceiling that you see so many times in small businesses. Well, and it helps them understand the trajectory too. I think, you know, you and I do both deal with also some just really young people and they don't yeah. know, they don't understand career or career trajectory. I And I remember, you know, having one employee four months into a junior, you know, um, position saying, well, how long am I going to be a junior, you know, this? And I'm like, well, a lot longer than four months, yeah. you know, and sure. it, it just kind of, you know, you you laugh on the inside carefully, right? <laughs> but it, right. honestly, they just don't know. It's like, well, you could, be, you know, until you are ready to not be doing junior work, that's when you're going <laughs> to be exactly. in the next thing. And so you're going to have to figure out how do you make this happen? And I remember having this conversation with her and I'm like, well, you shouldn't be having this conversation with me first. You should be having this conversation with the person who does your job, who's not junior, who's your direct right. report. So talk right. with them and get some ideas and then you guys come together to me. And, you know, and this, this, it, it, you know, we do have to be cultivating people all the way in, you know, all along the spectrum. But I agree with you in that, you know, having that engagement and stopping to talk with people about three-year plan, that's that's important for someone who's brand new as opposed uh, – as just as much as someone who's been with you for 10 years. So 
It's so important. And, and I encourage everyone. Um, and I still do this. Um, and I've been here for 12 years and I'm 37 and I got, and I got a mentor, a new mentor this year. And I, I am constantly looking for things. And that's what I mean by that. Encourage people to learn, um, things like in the research industry, having something like wire, having something like the insights association or, or just finding someone else in your industry that can help you teach and, um, or could help you learn more. Um, I'll never forget. I mean, the reason I became president, I met with a mentor of mine who's a president of a market research company. And I was kind of talking about my job and where I was and was I happy with where I was? And he was like, well, why don't you become president? And I was like, I don't even know where to start. And we sat at a bar with a napkin and wrote down the plan and what do you do and what's the timeline look like? And I had him as a mentor. And now I have a, you know, I, I have mentors now in the industry as far as teaching me professionally, like, like Seema Vasa, like, you know, I, I think of Kristen as a mentor. Yeah. Um, I think of people even, and then peers, like I'm, I'm really close with a group of guys like uh, Roddy Knowles, uh, Dynata and mm-hmm. uh, David Butler at Pure Spectrum, Ted Pulsford at Market Q. And these guys like, and Isaac Rogers has been a huge mentor for me at 2020. Uh, but these type of guys like they, and girls, they always teach me like what I'm missing and I'm constantly trying to learn more. And so I have work mentors, I have life mentors, I have religious mentors, like, um, always be learning and always be curious with that is like the greatest and the greatest thing anyone's ever told me. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned, you know, a lot of, a lot of greats and they're now, you know, colleagues, people start out as just, hmm, I don't know you. Let me get curious about, you know, who yeah. you are and what you do. And now it's just, you can pick up the phone and, you know, ask a favor, ask for an opinion. And it, that's, that's pretty deep. And I got to say many a great plan, has been written on a bar napkin. <laughs> Do not I, I, underestimate. <laughs> it's what I still have the napkin. I, I keep it in my desk drawer. Awesome. And every time, like you start to wonder, like, why am I doing this? Right. Then I look at the napkin and start try to get a reminder. You know. Yeah. Let's take a break and hear about this episode's sponsor. Want to create a fun and interactive quiz so you can build your own list? Check it out at tryinteract.com and use code BIRD15 at checkout for 15% off. Well, you know, so you bring that up about being, you know, at an industry event, getting to meet someone. And, and, you know, I think it is really important about those mixers and taking the time and, you know, ahead of time even saying, hey, let's make sure we, we go do something. Let's go have a separate conversation or involving several people in the conversation. But tell me about how you go about deciding now as the president of EMI what, you know, what industry events you're going to go to, where you need to show up. Where, where, where's your trajectory going in terms of the plan and the strategy for EMI? Yeah, we kind of we break it out into three buckets, really. Um, We have the purely let's get some leads sales type of conference. And that's easy to measure ROI. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, everybody comes back and they say who they met and we, you know, put everything in Salesforce, put it under some kind of campaign and then we can track it along that. That's that's super easy. Uh, Then there's the the knowledge part. Um, so those are conferences. Um, a lot of times that's like sample con that I go to, mm-hmm. um, that we're trying to learn more about our industry. There's certain segments of different conferences that are purely knowledge based, um, and, and trying to learn something. And then there's exploratory, uh, which is, those are the ones who are like, I don't know if we're going to get anything out of this. Um, so like thinking next year, um, I'm going with the insights association. They put a group together that's going to, that goes to the consumer electronics show in Vegas, and like, to me, I'm thinking I'm going to learn something 
hopefully I can get a lead. Um, if not, like I'll be with a group of people and we're learning something. So there'll be some more educational thing. Um, but if it doesn't work out, it's not the biggest budget in the world. I'm not like blowing anything off. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's what I think of like when, when we're trying to look at what conferences we go to. And then as far as which ones I go to, um, I try to go to a mix of all. Um, I do try to learn more when I'm at some of these conferences. Yeah. And so I will, um, I will tell my salespeople, go sell, go grab coffee, go grab the drinks, do stuff like that. I'll go to the sessions to take the notes and do the tweeting and stuff like, and then you'll have, you don't have to do that. And then I could always be your closer. Like if you need somebody to come in at the end, oh, that sounded so cheesy to say closer, but. Yeah, but I think what, I think kind of what I understand from that is like, you know, you're, you know, you're taking a little bit of a hit so that they can do a lot more of the softer thing in the experience. They just need sometimes to step back and kind of see it in action. And I learned that, you know, about a year ago, I was always the person here you know, going to all the events and I ne- nobody here ever went to any of the events or saw me speak. Think how weird oh, that geez, is. Yeah. You know, they have a selling president who is, is you know, out speaking all the time, but they don't see me speak because I'm always yeah. traveling somewhere else. And actually, right. what you know, it really helped us finally bridge a disconnect when I started this flying a couple of people with me to different things. They're like, oh, that's what goes on? Oh, my gosh. Or they'd come back to me like, oh, my yeah. gosh, I'm exhausted. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's not just all cocktail parties. No, that's, that's what they think it is. And, you know, I, I have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as one time Ashley uh, LeBlanc and I were uh, in, you know, in the hotel room at 2.45 a.m. And then, you know, and we're finally eating some French fries in bed wanting to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we just finished talking with people at 2.30 a.m., you know, and it just is super, you know, super, there's knock at the door and somebody from one of the other firms sent down, you know, French, we know you're all starving. We've been out, you know. Oh, that's but good. It's great conversations, but it is so exhausting, you know, and you and then you got to be up, you know, 8 o'clock getting back to the conference. Yeah, and, up and out of, yeah. I do, uh, you know, something we've been doing lately, and this is, this is maybe this is like a sales tip, like, no, hopefully no other panel companies, but like, what do we do? <laughs> so you know how it's hard. So you're always thinking when you're in sales, I think a lot of times you get blinded and you think about what's in it for us. And like mm-hmm. I, every week somebody is calling us, emailing us like, Hey, we're in the Cincinnati area. Would you guys be available for drinks after work or dinner after work or something like that? And you don't think about when you're going to someone's home or home mm-hmm. city, it's impossible to, to really talk someone in to spend that as extra hours with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I mean, it's, and I tell our sales folks this all the time, like they just spent 10 hours of their day. They don't want to spend another two hours being sold to by you. You don't care if the dinner's free or not. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we started doing more of these local insight associations, the wire events and travel and try to plan some travel around those just to give like a night opportunity and more networking events. So yeah. for yeah, instance, they're already like, out. Yeah. It's huge, right? So, um, so you have to go to New York to see some clients and prospects. You see three to four meetings during the day. Go to the wire event that night. You see five to ten more people. You meet somebody. You learn something from somebody. And then the next day, you see two to three other people. And all of a sudden, you took a trip that was going to be maybe five, six people, which includes a huge night and dinner and drinking with a client that doesn't want to be there. And you've doubled it, you know, and and you're seeing a lot more faces. Plus you get the exposure that, um, from wire and be able to support a cost like that. And, and knowing that eventually 
you're going to get a return on investment from that as far yeah. as personal growth. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. So here's one other thing that you and I have in common and we talk about a lot is our podcasts. So if yep. for my audience, if you have not heard me already talk about Adam Jolly <laughs> and the um, Intellicast podcast, I'd be surprised, number one. Number two, you should go uh, listen to it and we'll definitely link it in the show notes. But um, So tell us a little bit about Intellicast, specifically the audience that it serves. Who, who yeah. would be the best audience? Um, the best audience is is people in market research, um, and I think most of that is, uh, I think, quantitative people in research is the biggest piece. It's been, um, we start off every podcast talking about the news and things that are happening, um, and to me, I feel like that's something that is missing a lot. Um, unless you're reading the daily emails, if you sign up for something that are all over LinkedIn, um, I don't think you hear a lot of the news, but it's helped me as as our producer, Brian, always gives me the notes of the news that keeps me up to date, like what's going on in the industry, like what companies are being bought, um, what new appointments were there, where is somebody investing money or, or what company just got a bunch of VC. Um, and and then we we kind of rant on that and go back and forth and try to decide, like, is this good for the industry? Is this something that that's happening? Um, is this a, a noise or a signal type thing? Um, and so that is really our, our core audience. And then at the same time, um, we do not take ourselves very seriously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so every, every podcast comes up with something, you know, we have a research rant where we complain about something going on in the industry. Um, we do a Mount Rushmore, which is like just our favorite things. We've had segments like tell us your favorite print story. Uh, we've had, uh, we, we do have interviews probably every third episode has an interview with somebody in the industry. And, and even those are like, tell us how you got here. Tell us something interesting about you. Like don't sales pitch us yeah. type thing. Um, and I think that helps them in the long run. Like our, our whole thing. And if, and like you said, like you've met me at a conference, I am very much of a relationship selling type person. And I'm very much like, um, I want, I want to people to believe that I want the, what's best for them and that they want what's best for me. And then we can go out and make something happen together. Um, and so there are people like that I will never sell to. Uh, and there's going to be people that don't love the podcast, but like playing to our strength and making like loyalists is, is really what we go after. And, and that's our tribe. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, just from an outside perspective, I think anybody who's new to the industry would also enjoy it. It would be a little bit over their head in the sense that, wait, who are they talking about? I don't know that person. I don't know that. Right. But my gosh, I can't think of a better way to get into the industry and start hearing, you know, some of the players talk about some of the other players and some of the players' moves. And it is a little bit of a sports analogy. I don't know if you guys realize this, but you guys do talk about sports a lot, which you you lose me on that. But I think you yeah. guys are very much armchair quarterbacks oh, about the yeah. MR world. And I think it's very interesting to listen to. And I think for me, you know, coming from outside of the industry and trying to learn the industry and learn the players very quickly – uh, it's been super invaluable. So I, I I can see where, you know, people at a very high level that have been involved in it, it, it's great to digest the quick news. But I also would recommend it for people that are new in the industry and wanting to understand how does this industry tick? It's Yeah, no, I hear you. And that's, we get, it's, it's wild because we will record for a while and you start to wonder if anyone's on the other end, you know, and yeah, you see the numbers <laughs> and all that. But like, um, then like we will spark something. So when we did the, um, when we came out with the P2 cent acquisition um, a couple of months ago, and we decided to do a video to start it off because it was like first thing in the morning and here's cent that just, you know, last year got all this VC and P2, which kind of this up and comer. And now they're coming into one. And we did the video of that and the video got 
like thousands of watches like with within the first like hour and people were calling us and like I didn't think that's who we were mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> like getting the request to like hey uh, and most of them were pissed or and most of them worked for Scent or P2 mm-hmm. but like <laughs> to get her hey let's Skype right now hey I want to talk to you more about this or man that's an interesting opinion on that um, mm-hmm. and so I think if you have the new market researcher like you don't know what to think about Scent and P2 combining, you know, I mean, what does that even mean? Or you don't know what to think about whatever Dynate is doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so not that we're trying to influence, but at least get both sides. And Brian and I, I will say 95% of the time we agree on everything, but we do always, one of us always plays devil's advocate on the podcast. Just right. so we're not have too much opinion based. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it is. I understand what you're saying. Sometimes it can be a a hard place to be, but I think that's what people want when they're tuning into a podcast. They don't want the sales pitch and they don't want the buttoned up kind of thing. They want to know what do people in the industry think about it. And even, even if somebody disagrees with, you know, what you guys are saying, I think it's super healthy to invite like a real dialogue to the, you know, to the industry. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And just be real about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to end on a little rapid fire. And one thing I do love about your show is that you guys are really good at rapid fire stuff. And you're like, boom, boom, boom. And I mean, it makes it super fun. Um, So tell me about your favorite podcast outside of Little MR World. Uh, How Did This Get Made? It's a podcast about bad, bad movies. And they ask, (laughs) how did a movie like this ever get made? And it's very funny. Um, Also, I would say, uh, watch what's crappens. It's it's a show basically, watch what crappens. And it's based, um, it is for, uh, it recaps Bravo TV. And so the show, uh, Andy Cohen's show on Bravo at uh, late night is called Watch What Happens. Mm -hmm. And he talks about, and so these are just two guys that talk about Bravo TV. And that is like my secret. I don't, well, I'm telling everybody now. Um, I watch (laughs) a lot of Bravo. Hey, you heard it here on Ponderings (laughs) from the Perch. It was the first time the confession came out, which makes sense, you know, in terms of the format you like, because you like that format with Brian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Favorite app? Uh. Calm app. I use that too. Um, it is very helpful for me. I am very into like taking pauses and centering. Um, I do a lot of Pomodoro effect, you know, 50 minutes on, 10 minutes off mm-hmm. type thing. And the Calm app is perfect for that. I love it. Okay. What book? Either a new one you're reading or something you always go back to? Um, I always go back to Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Um, it helps me with my coaching. And it, you know, we talked about developing people. I think that I, I get the most results of people that I am can be firm with and give them some kind of constructual feedback. But they also know that I'm doing it because I want what's best for them. And there's a good intent there. And so uh, Kim Scott, uh, I saw her speak at Qualtrics a few years ago. And um, I read that. I read a chapter probably every week. I go back and read a different chapter. And the whole office has read it. Um, it's really helped our communications. And then um, it's just weird. I, this is another thing. It's it just it's a different book, but it's a uh, Good Morning, Good Night uh, by Lin Manuel Miranda, which is um, it's like a collection of tweets that he does. And every page it goes a morning tweet and a night tweet. And to me, it, it's just like the inside of the cover says. It's like a little five minute pep talks to start your day and five minute turn offs to end your day. And it um, it really helps me um, bookend the day. Because I think that's a huge thing when you're in sales or and and being in leadership 
to you both have to have a long memory and a short memory. Mm. Um, and so I'm really into bookending and that's the same, it's the same process I do. Uh, I journal a lot and I will write something down as closure and then I never reread it. And, and this book kind of does the same thing for me. You're a real cut up on your podcast and it turns out you're a really deep guy. Yeah, I don't let anybody <laughs> see that. Deep guy doesn't sell anything. <laughs> yeah, but a deep guy is a lot of fun when we're out at conferences because we're really talking about something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Are you still reading any blogs? Is there something you follow? Um, two right now, and they're so opposite of each other. Um, I read uh, – I always read anything that Shea Serrano writes on The Ringer, and he is um, – he writes a lot about pop culture, but it's always so dumb. Like he will be like, oh, how do the Houston Rockets compare to Hobbs and Shaw on the Fast Five franchise? And I'll be like, what? Like, this is wild. <laughs> um, and so it, it's kind of sports. It's always pop culture and movies. Um, and then um, I read uh, Mike Foster every day. It's uh, MikeFoster.tv. And he is uh, a faith-based kind of self-development person. Um, he had, I don't know. And a lot of times it, it, I'll think I'll read something and think it's a cliche that he posts or he's one of those people like on Instagram that'll post like the, the weird background with just words and cursive and I'll be like, ugh. but then I'll read it again and I'll be like, okay, this is saying something to me. It's good. Myself, yeah. I find myself <laughs> screenshotting things and like going back and read them over and over again. Um, but he's, uh, he, he's kind of a real guy. I mean, I don't, he's not the, um, I think when I think of like a face-based self-development person, um, he's not wearing thick glasses and Jordans. And that's what I like about Mike. Oh, so. I love it. I love it. Okay. So are you uh, – I-, I usually catch you on LinkedIn, but you're pretty big on Twitter. Do you prefer Twitter? Uh, Twitter is a little bit more me. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's a Twitter you'll find the rogue um, – thing that I get mad about I see on the news or something. Um, and I'm also, uh, I'll always link my LinkedIn articles there. Um, but LinkedIn, um, if, if you go and you read, uh, I, I'll I make posts there. I When I do make posts, I usually think them through. Um, and, um, you know, and this is, yeah, this is something we've talked about on LinkedIn. Like, I, I am really trying to engage more on LinkedIn because I feel like so many times, like you just put something out on Twitter, you put something out on LinkedIn and it's hard to know what somebody will engage with. Um, and I think that that is the, the greatest improvement that we're having kind of in the market research industry. And you're a big reason why, to be honest, mm-hmm. but like <laughs> where people are starting to give more engaging type things and it's less like, here's a sales pitch. You're, you're giving something out there and hoping that somebody talks back to you. Um, and so I try to do that more and more with LinkedIn and be smart about what I'm posting. Well, I'll take a compliment from you any day, Adam. <laughs> so if you want to know more about what EMI Research Solution does, go check them out at EMI dash rs.com. Did I get that right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I love that. Adam, what's your Twitter handle? It's uh, Adam Jolly. All one word. A-D-A-M-J-O-L-L-E-Y. All right. Or do what I do and just, you know, um, kind of stalk him on Twitter. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Do I stalk you more on LinkedIn or more on Twitter? I'm not totally sure. <laughs> we <laughs> have a, we yeah, have a good, good time. Yeah. I, it's just, yeah, you know, when you, when you find other people that are interested in the things, same things you are, and so there's good conversations that follow, it's always worth yeah. it. So. Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming on our show and really appreciate your perspective. And if you haven't listened to IntelliCast, make sure you download that wherever you get your podcasts and check them out. Thanks so much, Priscilla. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And from all of us here at Little Bird Marketing, thanks for listening to Ponderings from the Perch and happy marketing. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.